0: You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. All right, so what I... On getting up today to talk about was listening to the Holy Spirit's wisdom. So, we've talked a lot about the Holy Spirit in the past few weeks. Tends to be one of my favorite topics. Tends to be one of the reasons I became a pastor. But I felt as I was listening to the Holy Spirit today that he was telling me that maybe that's not what I was supposed to get into today. Instead, I felt like he wanted to get me into something that was a little more. Exclusive to twelve oh eight, which uh, not everybody here tonight is twelve oh eight. So I was like, "Well, I'm sure I'm going to go down to it." You know, like, maybe, maybe that's not the way. Maybe I'm not listening right. But I felt like God was saying, "No, I have something in this for everybody." I could be wrong. You know, when you're trying to listen to the Holy Spirit, um, it's sometimes difficult to tell what He's saying. So. If at the end of this, you're like, I had nothing in it for me, Jamin, then hey, I, was, I missed it, sorry. Uh, but then I hope that it's helpful to you and I think that there's some, some stuff here that we can apply no matter where we go to church. So as I was driving in my car today, I was just praying, God, you know, it's really difficult at 12.08 sometimes to figure out like, what is the post-pandemic cure here? Sometimes there's 40 people, sometimes there's 15 people. It just varies week to week. Sometimes there's a lot of volunteer help sometimes there's no volunteer helps. What what are we looking to do? And as I started to kind of pray that, I just felt God say, uh, well, I had a dream come to mind from this morning. I've been dreaming like crazy lately, and it's not all spiritual stuff. In fact, none of it has really felt spiritual to me. The other day, I was surfing up a tornado, and then I jumped off with a Mary Poppins umbrella. Like that's, I got nothing to interpret there. That's just me surfing tornadoes. So, uh, I But as I started to pray, I suddenly had this dream pop into my mind from this morning. Usually if you don't write them down right away, you just kind of forget about them. But uh, I started to kind of remember some of the details in it. And in this dream, this entire sidewall was missing at 12.08. And I showed up, and there was kind of a construction worker. He had knocked the whole thing down. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You know? And uh, it was kind of miraculously, like the ceiling was still hanging. I don't really remember seeing any poles holding things up other than maybe these poles. It was just kind of this empty wall. And you can kind of see below this floor, like there was enough space to see below it and above it. And uh, I walk in and I'm just like, what's going on on here? And then instantly I knew what it was. Uh, If I was to put chairs all along that wall, you would notice that wall is kind of sinking. (laughs) Uh, because if there's chair, chairs along it, they, they kind of they tilt a little bit. There's a little bit of an angle to them as they move downwards. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we're knocking the wall down. It's my subconscious, you know, like, yeah, we got to fix this wall. But then strangely, the construction worker in the dream was like, no, the wall's fine. You don't have to worry about that. It's like, what? You know, like if, <laughs> if you knock the wall down over here, you can go outside. There's like these crevices. You can put your fingers in them, basically. The things like falling apart in the Tetris pieces. Um, but that. That didn't seem to be the problem. And the assistant superintendent was in this dream and I started joking like, oh, how much is this one gonna cost us? We had to fix the warehouse wall before I got here and that was like 40 grand and I came in and nobody knew that that loan even existed anymore in like two years while I was here. Like, we should pay that. What are you talking about? So so we had to start paying this wall loan and and unfortunately a bunch of that was forgiven us. but yeah, I'm just trying to kind of like sort of through his dream. And then as the construction worker's going about, he kind of points at something sort of like in the base or I guess foundations, if you will. And he says, that's poison. <laughs> you mean like you know, mold or something? Poison seems like a weird word to be using on a building. But anyways, then I woke up. And as I'm driving my car, I like pulled into a bank parking lot. I was like, yeah, that dream was kind of obscure. Like, those are weird things to, I, I don't know. I'm just gonna think about that for a minute. As I thought about it, I felt um, whether it was spiritual or not, I just felt like God maybe putting on my heart, like, Jamin, you, your church needs to strengthen itself as you move forward. And I mean, I can see that as a pastor, I can see all the different ways in which we truly need to strengthen ourselves, or we would meet an end. I see that in the Bible too. In the book of Revelation, Jesus writes letters through John to seven churches. And the letters that get to the churches a lot of times, like look, you gotta strengthen yourselves or you will meet your end. The churches actually have a choice in them. Jesus says, look, you gotta change it or I will take your lampstand from you. And we're a lampstand right here in this area. We make an impact. Over the last five months, I've been doing all these demonic deliverances with people. I've seen how much they don't like our church. And one particular one that me and Casey went to, the spent a whole lot of time constantly reminding me how small 1208 is. <laughs> oh, Jamie, your church is so small, you can't even grow it. How long have you been there? Come on, like, shut up, first off. I don't need this talk. <laughs> I was like, why, why do you care so much to be spewing all that out on me? Like, clearly you're trying to, like, agitate me and make me want to quit, you know? If a demon wants to make... Here's the rule of thumb, okay? Whatever a demon wants you to do, do the opposite. (laughs) Alright? So if a demon wants you to know how small your church is, lean into God's truth because it's lying to you about something. It's trying to diminish you. Another time, there was one time where uh, I was having a really hard time getting this one specific demon out. Its roots was pretty deep in that particular case. And it just perked up at one moment and looked at me and said, tonight's the night where you fail to be a pastor. And given the content of what it was saying that I'm not going to get into, like it was a very deep, deep painful way in which it said that. Tonight's the night where you fail to be a pastor. Why does it care so much that I'm a pastor? Why does it care so much about 12 away? Another time I was working with someone and uh, there had been some difficulty that had come up between us. And I recognized in the theme of this particular demon, I just said, did you, did you mess with us at one point? And said, yeah, I was trying to break the anointing off of you. said, anyway, so spiritual warfare is going around. Apparently, demons don't like our church. <laughs> demons don't like me. Demons don't like you. It's not that surprising. I mean, this is just basical gist right here. But if they don't like your church, then guess what? It means you're making a difference. And on this particular area of Jackson, we are the flat iron district church. We belong right here to serve these people. And in a post-COVID world, it is so easy to fall into apathy and lose. And next week, 11 years worth of work of 1208. All right, here's the honest truth. We have to strengthen ourselves as 1208ers. We have to step up because if we don't, our lampstand will be taken from us. In some very tangible ways. I mean, the first one is just financial. I mean, we talked about this before. I'll be a little more direct about this right now. Um, We've been saying this year, if you don't give, we will not be able to make it another two years, or one year. That has not changed anybody's giving. And those of you who are faithfully giving, like, you know, you're already doing your part, but we have a lot of different kinds of giving that goes on here at 1208. I'm not just saying, like, if you don't give financially, you're not giving in some other way. I totally get that, but, Some people give none. Some people have lots and give very little. Uh, Some uh, have been faithful for years and years and years of giving, but one of the difficulties is uh, (laughs) as I've had to fill in so many different gaps at 1208 over the last (laughs) two years of, of taking on tasks, as volunteers have dwindled away. One of the things that I've had to take on is all the accountant stuff, which I hate doing. If anybody wants to do some accountant stuff, talk to me. You're, you're my person. Uh, but things like that, when I have to make all these receipts, now I see right in front of me that uh, last year, the like biggest givers in the church was my family, which is fine. I don't mind that. And I don't say that to brag or anything, but, you know, I'm twenty-eight hours at this church. I have been for a long time. I make I think twenty-eight thousand dollars a year here. Which is not very much. Now I work other jobs, Jody works a job, but between us three, we you know, our ten percent ended up being the max amount. And I say that just as like a a way to kind of gauge like where our our giving is at. Twelve oh eight cannot continue if it cannot pay its bills. And our bills are very, very minimal. So I encourage you to truly, truly, don't just hear the words of, Jamin said, go pray about it. You need to pray about it. If you like 1208, if you have benefited from this and you want 1208 to continue, I'm not telling you to pay it so that I get a paycheck. I'm telling you to pay it because we cannot exist without it. So as you give into that, allow God to speak whatever he wants to speak into that. Otherwise, if we sow nothing into it, we cannot maintain this building. We cannot maintain... Really any of the things that that we need to do. And we've seen a lot of other difficulties. It's not just financial giving that's been a struggle. Since COVID hit, there's just been a drop off of everything. I mean, do you guys remember dinner church? Like real dinner church? (laughs) Two and a half years ago? March, what? First week of March, there was like triple digits in there. We were in 90s to 100. It had been that way for about a month. And then COVID hit. And it was still like day three, nobody really knew if they were shutting things down or whatnot. And we went from 100 people to, it was like 17. And honestly, it hasn't boosted up that much since then. And we've tried and tried a lot of different things along the way. And we have tried and tried to find volunteers to step up and take different things. And that hasn't really worked. And the board had to call attention to to this the past month where they said, Jamin, you're just running the Jamin show at this point. And I realized, yeah, I've sinned against you all in that way. I have taken everything. Brian, I appreciate it that you're like, Jamin, I'm doing the announcements now. Like, Thank you. I need someone to step in and tell me that they're going to take something. Because I tend to do whatever comes up. And in COVID, all pastors did everything that came up as they lost... All, all people who didn't want to find a way to volunteer. And that was difficult for me, not because we were all trying to figure out what is proper COVID precautions in the midst of a global pandemic that nobody knows how to handle. The difficulty for me was we've spent years preaching about suffering in love for the sake of loving others. And we could not get any support in any of the things that we did because COVID might be a possibility that we might get it. We are practicing safe precautions but we wanted to ensure that we wouldn't get sick. And if, if we're afraid of that, then we can't serve people. Whereas Jesus was willing to get into the mess of sickness for the sake of loving others. He didn't tell the leper to stand away. He went and touched them. So when we had things like food banks and we stopped doing it because we didn't have the volunteer support or the people coming to get it, well, that's partially because nobody wanted to take the risk to step out in love and faith and say, I'm willing to get sick if it means giving someone who needs food, food. And after years of preaching about suffering lovingly, we all stepped away from it. There's a lot of different ways in which we have suffered throughout that that volunteers are very, very low at this point. Computer sound system, nobody's filled that in in years. some of the basic things of that. Children's ministry, we haven't been able to watch it because no one has an interest in leading it. Nerd Church lost 90% of the people who started it and it just continued with the people that it reached. And it still continues and it's mostly the people that it reaches. Um, several have walked away from Christ here at 1208 and I still don't know that you've all noticed it. We're hurting. And we have a chance at this church and every church To either be a lampstand Or to let poison Come in the foundation Now, I would think in this case That the poison for 1208 is just apathy I'm not I'm generalizing You realize Every one of you in here Like I am not the vine and you're the branches Jesus is the vine and you are his branches So if I'm speaking something That sounds like conviction And it just bounces off of you Don't listen to me that's not for you. I'm generalizing, I'm speaking it out. But if you feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, yeah, the branch is, is dwindling because it's not finding the support that it needs in the church, then take that moment and say, God, I need more nutrients. I gotta plug into you, help me plug into you. And when you do that, that will support not only you, but us. 1208 is you, the church is you. Church is not Jamin, church is not a pastor. You know what? Church isn't even Jesus. Church is Jesus' bride. And we owe it to him to give him a bride that loves him and is faithful to him and wants to serve him and give their life to him because he gave his life to us. So whatever it is that the Spirit puts on your heart of things that you you just feel like, I really got to participate in that way, I encourage you into it. Church is not a service. Church is not a place we go to listen to a message. Church is not something that we show up late to and then leave early. Church is not the same two to three families doing all of our dishes every Sunday night. Church is not two to three families providing all the food, which we don't even have budget in the food for food. The, the food comes from two families paying for it every single week. And then other families that occasionally are bringing in sides and trying to help with that. We are struggling, and we can be stronger than this. And if we're not, 1208 does have an end date because eventually the money and the volunteers and the support does run out. And I don't think Jackson needs us to disappear. I think Jackson needs us here. I think this is our community. These tables were filled just years ago with hurting, broken people who needed the gospel. These tables were filled with the ministry of Jesus sitting around getting to know strangers. But now when we have strangers, there's nobody around to sit with them. Nobody around to get to know them. So I apologize if tonight's message feels harsh or anything I just think there's some times where the spirit calls us to get the poison out the church needs a wall and Jesus is the cornerstone is what the bible says uh, the cornerstone is the thing upon which two walls sit it holds the whole thing together and if you don't have Jesus at the cornerstone the whole thing fails and I feel like i kind of the dream that I had this morning is like we got the cornerstone we got a wall <laughs> but we have a ceiling that's magically hovering and eventually, those things give out. We need to put up the rest of the wall to stay strong, to stay supportive. Now, Jesus changed the whole world with 12 people. It doesn't take that many to change the world, but it does take people who are willing to really put it on the line. And so, that is the call that I give to you tonight that however it is that God illuminates your heart, that this is the way in which you need to serve at 12 way. It's probably going to be several things. I accept it. Let me know, let's, let's make it happen. Because we're getting into summer now and we've tried to do this dinner thing for a while and that's been difficult and usually at 5.30, no one's here to eat and we really get going at like 6, 6.15. So like we need to, we need to already sit down as a board in the upcoming weeks to say, what are, we, what are we doing right now? Let's not put all of our time and energy into things that aren't working. Do we need to think of a new way to go about things? Do we need to find another strategy yet again? Isn't this fun, changing up church so constantly? (laughs) To try to figure out how to reach people in a post-pandemic world. What do we need to do? What do we need to do? We're racking our brains over it. And the Holy Spirit has wisdom for it. But you know what? Nothing moves forward without His blessing. And churches that do move forward from franchising and doing all these things that just work out because it's marketing and statistics, they get the fruit of their labor from that. But when we really press in the Holy Spirit, like what we've been trying to do is spare oom, um, is just show up Wednesdays, God, just come and talk to us. Just come and be here. Those are the times when God really shows up. And when God really shows up, things change. Somebody had a vision of uh, that room just filled with dirt up to your hips. And as people came and prayed and cried, the tears watered it and life came to be. That's what we're looking for. Holy Spirit, come, teach us what we're supposed to do. Jesus had tactics that were natural. He also had the Holy Spirit who was supernatural. We need that too. If you want that, you've got to be hungry for it. The Holy Spirit might be a free gift given to you, but it often comes with a cost. Free with a cost. I know that's kind of a conundrum there, but it comes with the cost of of really giving your life over to that. If you want the greater depths of what God wants to do, you got to give it over. So as we try to figure out where God is calling us next, I... I ask you to bring yourself before God in prayer. God, what can I do to serve your church, to serve your bride? How can I get involved? What am I uh, talented at? What are the gifts of the spirit that you've already deposited into me so that I can take that and deposit it back into my community? And then the church becomes healthy because it starts living as a body where all the parts start moving. Now that... That is the beauty of what God wants to call us to. So again, I realize we're all in different places. I realize that um, this message is very generalized and it's not going to match every single person in here. There's some of you like, I've been giving plenty of money. What are you talking about? I'm not talking to you about that. <laughs> There's some of you like, I've been giving plenty of support. What are you talking about? I'm not talking to you about that. I'm just asking you to give your heart over to the Holy Spirit. And if you don't go to 1208... Give your heart over to the Holy Spirit because he wants all churches to be lampstands. He wants all of us to use the gifts that we've been given. And he wants to see his bride thrive because he is interested in reaching the world and he is interested in using us. And Satan does not care that much about apathetic Christians and apathetic churches. They're just not worth his time. There's other places he can focus. But when we step up, and really try to do what God's calling us to. Suddenly we hear demons saying, Tonight's the night that you fail.
1: Your church is so small.
0: We've been trying to break the anointing off of you all. Why do they care to lie to you? Why do they care to tell you these things? Because you're hurting their kingdom. And that is good news for the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus, here we are. We're all in different places. And I take a moment just to pause for each and every one of us to listen closely. That you would put in each one of our hearts, even in our children, that they would hear what you are gifting them with, what you are calling them to. You did not make your church to dwindle. You made it to thrive. You did not give it a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. So may our hearts be open to knowing where we're apathetic so that we might begin to turn that. Because ultimately, God, there is nothing more important than you. If we put you first, all of our other idols start to fall. We put you first; all the lies we're believing start to to fall apart. If we put you first, the poison in the foundation starts to to go away. You care about Jackson. You care about the Flatiron District. You care about our community. And God, we don't we don't know how to reach them post-pandemic right now, but you do. And God, I think of the pastor at a big conference I saw once and I was so tired of hearing about pastors giving all these tips and tricks that they did that just made everything come to life this pastor just said I had to remember I told God very early on that um, I needed to remember that all we did was pray and that's how we grew all we did was pray And that all the tips and tricks that I would come about to tell people that we did that made things thrive, that those were really not the case. We just prayed. Teach us to be a praying church. Teach us to be a church that puts their faith into action. Both here as a body, but also in our individual lives, where we work, live, and play. And Jesus, I pray that any of the words that I've said so far that uh, may have come across um, harshly, I pray that right now um, you would correct those. Because I remember when I asked you if I was really supposed to kind of preach into this message, you told me that uh, I needed to put out any fire in the message, and preach it with compassion and I apologize if I've somehow missed that boat I, I mean to preach it with compassion that God as a pastor I long for everyone in this room to experience you on a deeper level to hear your voice to know you more intimately and I know that that comes about as their spiritual life grows with you And it can't grow isolated. It grows as a community. So help us do that. Give us the compassion to know how much you love us and how much deeper you're calling us. God, we know that we reap what we sow. The reward we get comes from the investment that we've made. And God, I think it's pretty clear that if we make no investment, we reap no reward. So we come to you in all of our brokenness, everything that's happened over the last few years, the things we understand, things we don't understand, the things that are still going on, even with... uh, uh, all these horrible stories that have been happening over the last few weeks. And and the more horrible stories that will come as life continues on, we bring all of that to you right now. We say, even though we're confused, even though we're flabbergasted at the evil that's out there, you are good. You are always good. And you will make a way for us forward. So here we are. Use us. and we'll give ourselves to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your grace. If you'd like to talk anymore about anything that I was saying, or correct me on anything I was saying, you know where I'm at. I'll be here doing dishes for the next, uh, <laughs> next hour or so. Yeah, Pat. Yeah. The old saying, I kind of by what you're saying, but the old saying says, shut mouth, never get fed. Shut mouth, never gets fed. Yup. Close mouth, never gets fed. It's a good saying. Thanks, Pat. Hey, I will. And Pat said all the words we needed to hear tonight. Sorry for wasting half an hour saying that one thing. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. Thanks.